Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. Are you a woman who's ready to excel in her career and her life? Are you ready to be a professional saleswoman by using your inherent qualities? Are you a woman who wants to be better prepared for a leadership position? Then you're in the right place. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman. It's about women in business, work-life balance, leadership, and current events related to gender communications. Be prepared to be inspired, motivated, and challenged. Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman is your connection to women nationally, internationally, and globally. So get comfy and see what the buzz is all about. Find out more at www.sellinginaskirt.com. Now, your host, Judy Hoberman, on C-Suite Radio. Think about this. I was planning on putting on a telesummit with 25 other women. I had hand-selected them, had the email invitation to them, and was excited to be organizing and facilitating it until that word creeped into my brain. I'm not big enough or famous enough or smart enough. I even threw in tall enough and told my husband I was canceling it before I even got started. And he asked me why, and I gave him my spiel on the enough nonsense. He looked at me and said very calmly and lovingly, are you nuts? He continued with, people want to be around you. They trust you. They admire you. They respect who you are and how you do things for them. Don't let them down. So what do you say to that? I said, I'll give it till six o'clock. And if I have any second thoughts, I'm canceling it. So at one minute to six, I hit the 25 emails and turned my computer off, like totally off. I couldn't bear people telling me no. And I called it a night. Well, 12 hours later at 6 a.m., I turned on my computer and 24 of the 25 said, yes, absolutely. Thank you for asking me. Honored and on and on and on. But of course, I looked for the 25th. And an hour later, it also came in with a big fat yes. She was in Australia, and the time difference was the only reason it was late. Now, I share this story often because no matter who you are, what you represent, or why you do what you do, enough will creep in, and you have to do everything to chase it away. It's all about those barriers that we have in our minds. So are they real or not? Now, needless to say, the Telesummit was a huge success. The women, the information, the value was such a winning combination. And I had created a barrier that could have canceled everything great and left me with, oh, woe is me syndrome. 
You see, I had created barriers that were bigger than my goals and already had the scenario playing out of what would happen if I had decided to go through with this crazy plan. But I decided that the only way I was going to use that word enough was to convince myself that enough was clearly enough. All the results I knew in my mind that were going to happen didn't. And that's what usually happens. We're so sure that whatever we want to do won't happen in a positive way that we can visualize failure and smell it even before it has a moment to be created. So why do we do that? Well, there are several things that cause us to lose our confidence and feel like the barriers are closing in. Here's just a few. The first is age. Many times we let our age define us, whether we're too young or too old. Sometimes we tell ourselves that and sometimes others tell us that we should or shouldn't do anything because of our age. Now, if you want to break down some of those barriers, don't listen to them. The second is what other people think. Now, no matter what we tell ourselves, we still compare ourselves to others. That's really a waste of time and energy. So why compare yourself to those on social media since they're showing only what they want you to see? Where is that being authentic? You have to feel good about what you're doing, what you have already done, and what you're planning to do. Don't let anyone take that away from you. The next one are toxic people. Who are you surrounding yourself with? Are they people that you trust and admire? Will they support you to reach your goals? Or are they those energy vampires? Now, I make it a point to release all toxic people from my life. I don't lose them because they can be found. I release them so they don't return. The next one is fear. Now, as I mentioned, we have great imaginations and we tend to create an entire volume of stories that can happen to us. Fortunately, they don't. Fear is a choice. I encourage my clients to step into the world of the unknown and I always ask, what's the worst that can happen? And the last one is, are you living in the past or hoping for the future? We all know that the past is in the past and it can't be changed. However, when you concentrate on the future, you do have the ability to make it something that you are excited to reach, but it's still not here right now. So being in the present and living in the present lets others know that you're ready for the opportunities that are in front of you and that you are taking the present for what it is, a gift. So do you see yourself creating barriers from any of those reasons I mentioned? It's time to talk it over with a coach or a mentor or someone you trust and flip your mindset into the positive side so those barriers are taken down, not built up. The truth is most people are not willing to disregard some of the feelings they have and do what they need to be done to eliminate the barriers and realize that when you break through the barriers once, you'll also know that it was never as bad as you thought it could be. When your why is strong enough, you'll be willing to do the how. So think of it this way. Start small. We all have to practice to get it right. If you're in sports or play an instrument or anything that you want to become an expert in, you have to practice. You start small and work your way up. The more often you face the barrier and confront it, the more successful you'll be. And the next time it shows up, you'll be able to walk right through it. Then trust yourself. What will it take for you to stop worrying about what others think or what their opinion is of you? When you start to trust yourself, your potential is unlimited. Now, no matter how successful we are, we will still second guess ourselves. When I was at a conference, a queen was in the audience, a real queen. And she told me that every time she has to make a decision that will affect someone else's life, she second guesses herself. So consider yourself in great company. Take time to learn the lessons that life throws your way. These lessons will be critical to your success as you make progress along your journey towards your goals. Arthur Clark said, the limits of the possible can only be defined by going beyond them into the impossible. We're going to take a short break to thank our sponsor, Walking on the Glass Floor. But when we come back, you're going to hear from my guest who will share her thoughts about barriers that we have, real or not real. This is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio, and we'll be right back. What happens after shattering the glass ceiling? You're now walking on the glass floor. 
Walking on the Glass Floor, Seven Essential Qualities for Women Who Lead is a timely and indispensable business guide for all women, whether you're moving out of a dorm room or moving into an executive suite. Introducing readers to the seven keys to success in business and life, Judy Hoberman brings her fresh voice, sales savvy, and thoughtful approach to each of the essential and most powerful leadership qualities. Written in her trademark no-nonsense glass half-full prose, Judy's blueprint for business teaches all women how to cultivate and strengthen key skills that will serve them in both business and life. Uncover amazing qualities they already possess that will help them lead and succeed and harness universal leadership qualities to continue reaching their full potential. By providing authentic real-life case studies and inspiring quotes throughout, Judy fills each page with the timely advice women need right now. Walking on the glass floor is like having Judy Hoberman sitting right next to you as your business mentor, personal life coach, and best friend all at the same time. You can order your own copy of the book at walkingontheglassfloor.com. Welcome back to Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. Okay, this is going to be such a treat. My guest is Ellen Voya. Ellen is an internationally recognized speaker and authority on gender diversity and inclusion for women working in non-traditional careers in transportation. She's the founder of the Women in Trucking Association. In March of 2007, she currently serves as the nonprofit organization's president and CEO. There is so much to tell you, so let me just give you some highlights. In 1980, she earned her diploma in traffic and transportation. 2005, she earned the Certified Association Executive Credential. 2008, she earned her Class A commercial driver's license. She also earned her master's degree in communication, where she completed her thesis research on the complex identities of women married to professional drivers. 2015, she completed strategic leadership. In 2018, she completed the Finance for Strategic Decision-Making Program and also completed the Women in Trucking Professional Development Certification. 2012, she was honored by the White House as a Transportation Innovators Champion of Change and in 2015, Distinguished Alumni of the Year Award and was also named one of Supply and Demand Chain Executives Magazine 2016 Pros to Know. Okay, not done yet. 2016, she was chosen as one of the fleet owner's dozen outstanding women in trucking. 2017, she was named 30 Most Inspirational Leaders in Business and the 30 Most Innovative CEOs to Watch. In 2018, she was named as one of the top 10 Shepreneurs through the glass ceiling and beyond. 2018, Flying High Women Leaders, as well as was named the National Association of Small Trucking Companies Transportation Person of the Year. 2019, she was named the Cinderella to CEO of the Year, the Leaders Globe, one of the 10 most successful businesswomen leaders, Women Leaders Making a Difference, one of Insight Success Magazine companies with most disruptive innovation, and her blog, Ellen's blog, was named Frenetic's Top 3 Logistics and Supply Chain Blogs. She's a recipient of the Skinner Humanitarian Award presented annually to a trucking advocate in her state. And in 2014, she was awarded the Frank W. Babbitt Award for the Wisconsin Motor Carriers Association. This annual recognition is given to an individual who has demonstrated outstanding service to the trucking industry and the association as a whole. Wow. I do believe I have a celebrity crush on you, Ellen. (laughs) So welcome to the show. I am so excited to have you here. The feeling is mutual, Judy. Believe me. <laughs> Thank you so much. Oh my this goodness. is fun. You have done so much in a short amount of time. It's, it's incredible. Seriously incredible. People must be like falling all over you because you are a woman to, to watch, if nothing else. So 
I mean, how does it feel to have earned all of those awards? <laughs> I'm very humbled by them. I, I actually am very honored. But think about this. When you're in a male-dominated industry, just being a woman gives you special attention, sometimes in a negative way, sometimes in a positive way. But in this instance, it's often in a positive way. So wow. I, I truly am honored by this industry. Well, I think it's amazing. So I want to talk about the discussion of the day, which is really barriers that we have in our minds. What do you think when you hear about you know, these barriers that we all put up? Are they real? Are they not real? What are your thoughts? They are real. And as women, we want to be liked. We're collaborative. We're team-oriented. We're focused on other people's feelings so often. There's been so many studies out there that prove that. I mean, female college students who underreport their grade point averages because they want people to like them. Mm. There's a lot of proof out there, but it's because we are motivated by, or not motivated, but we're driven by estrogen and men are driven by testosterone, which is much more focused on hierarchy and risk-taking and things like that. So there's nothing wrong with the, the way we are. It's just that if the environment rewards risk-taking and hierarchy and winning, it's not as comfortable for us. Okay. So I would only imagine that you had many barriers when you began to do all the things that you're doing in the trucking industry. And I'm sure you still have barriers. What's your secret to crashing through it? I mean, for me, I know I have barriers, but I know I rewind my tapes. And I just, I mean, that's how I do it. I hear a word, it's going to trigger something. So I rewind the tapes. How do you get through you know, some of the barriers that I'm sure you're still facing? Maybe not as badly, but in the beginning, I'm sure tremendous ones. Oh my gosh. When I was 19, I was the assistant traffic manager at a steel fabricating plant. And then I was promoted to traffic manager. I actually had three truck drivers reporting to me. And you would not believe the jokes and the comments and things like that. It was just horrible. But people are much more politically correct today. Mm. But how do I push through them? So if someone tells me that I can't do something, then I try extra hard to prove to them that I can. So I guess I'm motivated by proving someone, not necessarily proving them wrong, but proving to myself that I can do it, that I won't let anyone else define what I can do. I've always jumped right in in male-dominated environments. You know, In high school, I took shop class instead of home ec because I wanted to learn engines and woodworking and welding. So being in the transportation industry isn't a far stretch from you know, my whole life. I guess I'm just used to being in a male-dominated industry and having to prove that I can do it as well as them. Mm. Okay. So where does mindset come into play? Just letting yourself, reminding yourself how awesome you are? (laughs) My attitude has always been, if someone else can do it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. If it takes effort. Now, if it's talent, if it's singing or something, forget it. That doesn't count. (laughs) Okay. Learning to fly an airplane. Okay. I'm a pilot. I have an airplane. And I figure, hey, if this person can fly an airplane, then I can fly an airplane. So I guess it's the attitude that, well, if they can do it, I can do it. And I think that's a great attitude to have. Are you hard on yourself? Maybe. (laughs) My staff tells me that my expectations of them are high. And they'll say, well, you know, Ellen, you set the bar high for yourself and you expect us to Mm -hmm. reach that bar as well. And so I have to remind myself that First of all, I need to thank them and I need to show gratitude and to my staff. I have to remind myself to celebrate, you know, smaller successes, small successes, as well as the large successes. But I, I think I am hard on myself. 
and I need to remember to not be hard on my staff. Yeah, uh, sometimes I, I mean I do the same thing. I'm very hard. I have very high expectations of myself, and I don't understand why other people don't do it the way I do it. And so I am often reminded that I do that by myself. But uh, my husband always says to me, "Just because you can do it doesn't mean they could do it, and you have to stop." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." So, okay, so tell us about the Women in Trucking Association. How did it start? And actually, I mentioned my pilot's license. I was working for a very large, very, very large Midwestern carrier. And they said, figure out how to attract and retain non-traditional groups. And the groups were returning military, Hispanics, seniors, and women. And at the time I was getting my pilot's license and I belonged to a women's international aviation association. And I thought, why, why isn't there a women in trucking? And so with my association background, I helped write the bylaws. I have an attorney who's been with us since the beginning, and he has been wonderful. Put together our first board of directors, which happened to be all women, which we weren't very diverse. And then we wrote the mission, and our mission has never changed. And the mission is to encourage the employment of women in the trucking industry, to look at obstacles that might keep women from either entering or succeeding in the industry. And third, to celebrate success. And that, that's the fun part. By celebrating success, it means that we're telling successful women's stories so that other women can look up to them and say, I can do that because mm. she does that. Interesting. But when you hear about women in trucking, it includes a lot more than only professional drivers, doesn't it? Oh, correct. You know, you spoke at our conference yep. and you saw all these women and some might be engineers. They're designing trucks. Some might own dealerships, some might own schools. There are a lot of women in management who want to succeed in the transportation industry. So we're not just women in trucks, we're women in trucking. (laughs) Right. And I think that that's a really important point to make sure everybody understands. So do you think that women who choose this industry have to eliminate barriers, both real and imagined, in order to be successful or even in order to take a step in and start in the industry? Definitely. And typically when I speak to an audience of female executives or women in leadership, I'll ask them, how many of you in high school said, I want to work in transportation? And nobody ever raises their hand. In fact, I heard one speaker yesterday and she said she was looking at a job selling uh, in pharmaceuticals or for a trucking association. And she asked her dad and her dad said, trucks will always be around. You'll always have a job. So here she is 33 years later in trucking. So we come into the industry some other way, but once we're in, we realize that women are valued and women are really appreciated and wanted. It's just that the industry itself hasn't figured out how to do that. You know, when we hire people who have the same values or look like us, and it's all men doing the hiring, it's harder to get in and break that glass ceiling. But the industry has been very responsive saying, Help us understand how to do that. Mm-hmm. So we're getting there. But the 15 publicly traded trucking companies, you know, a third of them have no women on their boards and half of them have no women in management. So we still have a ways to go. It's interesting that you say that because there are so many industries that don't have women at the top. They just don't. And one of the worst offenders, and I say offenders because it's not my word, but it was, it was already in a survey that was done, are the financial services. Now, financial services are known to be relationship-driven industries, the highest one. Women are known to be relationship-driven people. So wouldn't you think they would go together? And and for some reason, (laughs) nobody could really understand why it's not happening. 
And so, you know, when I look at women in trucking, I'm thinking, okay, so maybe women aren't really being, and I'm using air quotes, invited in. But it's the same thing that happens in other industries. They're not invited in. And I don't mean they need an invitation. And I don't mean you have to court them and woo them and those kind of things. I'm saying there's nothing in the marketing. There's nothing in an office that you walk into that would lead you to believe that you would be welcome there. So what do you think is the, you know, what's that sticking point that we just can't get past? I do believe it's changing. And I'm the person who's been pushing and pushing and pushing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And 13 years ago, when I started Women in Trucking, especially for the driver population, carriers would tell me all the time, hey, you know what, Ellen, we just hire the best person. We don't care about their age, their gender, their ethnicity. We don't care. I'd point things out. I'd say, you don't care whether the driver is male or female, but you only have men's uniform shirts or you don't have restrooms <laughs> here or the trucks are being built you know, for the 95th percentile male. You know? And they'd start looking at me like, oh, yeah. When I started pointing things out, they started realizing that they weren't being gender neutral or gender blind. There's a recruiting ad that I show in a presentation and it's for drivers and it says, we're looking for a few good mustaches. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and it's a recent ad. And, and so when I say things like that, I'll say, are you really attracting women? And then they start scratching their heads going, oh, you're right. So they are starting to see the value. Plus, I'm always talking about the value women bring to the industry, mm-hmm. whether it's in the boardroom or in leadership roles or as drivers. Female commercial drivers are actually much safer than male commercial yeah, drivers. Yeah. Who do you want in an 80,000 pound rig? <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's funny. Somebody, a company had asked me to help them recruit women. Now, first of all, you can't just recruit women because it just doesn't work like that. But you have to go to places where women are. I said to him, okay, let's set it up. I gave him the venue. I told him what we were going to do. And, and he said, I've got the ad and you know, I'll send it out. And he shows me the ad. Now, remember, we're, we want to attract women. It's two men shaking hands. Oh no. <laughs> and I said to him, is this what we're using? He said, it's the only one we own. I said, buy another one. Because yeah. to me, it just didn't make sense. You know, you're saying one thing, but you're doing the opposite. But Right. And it's not that hard no. to make it. I mean, so you show a man and a woman shaking hands. Yeah, absolutely. And I know you've heard this from me before. I always talk about the men that champion women because you have to have some men that will open up doors or show you opportunities, or they might know that something's coming up. And so I don't leave men out. But I do believe that, you know, you have to find the right men to help you succeed a lot of times. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that, Judy, because of our 5,500 members, about 16% are men Good. who are members of Women in Trucking. And you, you spoke at our conference. Yep. You saw, even though it was about 85% women, 15% of our conference attendees are men. Yes. And they're very supportive. So you have to have that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so I told you I have a celebrity crush on you and I shared your background, (laughs) but here there has to be a backstory or a why. Why trucking? Oh boy. (laughs) So I actually, fresh out of high school, I went to a school for broadcast journalism. And my goal was to, you know, be a news anchor on television. And I did. I went and got the diploma, the certificate, took a couple years of courses. And then it's kind of a sad story, but I'll share it. My mother, when I was, I was about 19, actually was 19, and she got Lou Gehrig's disease. Mm. So I moved back home. And so I got a job at the steel fabricating plant drafting material handling equipment. And I actually, after my mom passed away, I was 20 by then, and I actually was going to quit. I was going to walk away. And the owner of the company came to me and said, we, we'd like to move you into the traffic department and we'll send you to school for traffic and transportation management. My head 
still wasn't really screwed on when you lose your mom right, in 20, mm-hmm. you know? So I thought, well, what the heck? I'll let them pay for me to go to school. And that's how I got my start in the trucking industry. Wow. <laughs> Believe it or not. Yeah. Wow. That's why I said there's always a backstory, always, always. So I'm sorry about the situation, but I know there's a lot of people that are excited because of what you've started. Like I say, when I ask other women, did you have intentions of being in transportation when you were in high school? Nobody ever says yes. (laughs) I know. It's like anything else. Unless you were going to be a doctor, a lawyer, a nurse, you know, something like that, where it's a very specific thing. Most people didn't go to school for any of this either. So. Right. Right. Okay. So I found an interesting factoid about you, of course. In 2006, you served as the executive director of Trucker Buddy International. And it's such an important program. So tell us what it is and why you did this. I was freelancing for 18 years when I was raising my family and and attending college. And I was on the board of directors of Trucker Buddy International. And I knew the founder. And it's a, a wonderful program. And it's a pen pal program for professional drivers who will send a postcard once a week to an elementary classroom. And then the teacher will read the postcard to the kids or the kids can read them depending on the age. And then the children once a month will write letters to the truck driver. And so a lot of drivers will talk about, you know, let's do some math problems here. How many miles can I go on a gallon of fuel Hmm. or whatever? So it's a great image program for the trucking industry. And I had a real passion for it. I I was there six years and until I got recruited (laughs) by uh, Schneider National, that's when I went to be the manager of recruiting retention programs. And so I left, but it was kicking and screaming because I felt I had a bigger opportunity with Schneider. But it's still a wonderful program and it's still in effect. That's awesome. I love, love, love that. So in today's world, you also have driver ambassadors, members of the month, image team members. How does this add to interest in the industry? Because when I see it on LinkedIn, obviously, I like it and share it and comment on it because I think it's really important. But what's the goal of having all of that where people can actually see what's going on in today's world? So the image team was created a few years ago. We have one in the United States and one in Canada. And we get a lot of media requests. The media will call all the time and say, hey, we want to talk to a female driver or we want to go for a ride. So the image team is there. They've been media trained. They talk to the media. They do interviews. In fact, we just had a driver on the, in the Wall Street Journal just uh, about three months ago and a driver on uh, the Megan Kelly show. And, and we had a driver give Diane Sawyer a ride. Wow. So we get them out there so that they can tell their stories. And we give regulators and legislators ride-alongs because they don't really understand the trucking industry, especially from a female driver's perspective. We've given Federal Motor Care Safety Administrator, the Deputy Administrator, the head of the National Transportation Safety Board, some congressmen, senators, Secretary of Transportation in our state of Wisconsin. So a number of people we've given ride-alongs to. So that's the image team. And then the member of the month is such a wonderful opportunity to share stories about women who have done something different. So like last month's member of the month, Jacinda, she hauls cars, high-end cars in an enclosed trailer, and she does it by herself. So we tell her story and we send out a press release and do all kinds of cool things because we want other people to look at that and go, wow, I never thought I could do that. And then our newest program is the driver ambassador, Mm -hmm. which... I am so thrilled. One of the things that I think has made women in trucking successful, and I'm going to go back to my years at Trucker Buddy. Trucker Buddy was a charitable organization. We lived on donations, right? So I had to go and raise money by getting donations. Well, when I 
set up women in trucking, I made it a trade professional organization so that people paid dues because I was tired of always asking for money. Well, I still can do that. And so I wanted a driver ambassador program. And a few years ago, Aero Truck gave us a truck to give away, a late model Volvo. And we, we handed the keys to a woman who wrote an essay on why we need more women in trucking and what she personally is doing. And by the way, she was a three-time cancer survivor, a United States veteran, African-American, and her mom had driven a truck. So it was so cool to hand her the keys. Really? Yeah. But so Eero said, we want to give you another truck. And I said, well, I, okay, great. Uh, I'll, can I keep it? And they said, we don't care what you do with it. And I said, good, I'm going to set up a driver ambassador. Well, then um, Kelly Lynn mm-hmm. McLaughlin came to us and she said, this is perfect for me. And I work for Schneider and I don't want to leave Schneider but I'd like to work for you one week a month. And I thought, well, that's a good way to ease into the program because I'm not sure if I can keep someone busy 52 weeks out of the year. So her company, Schneider, says, oh, well, if you're going to have Kelly Lynn one week a month, we'll, we'll give you the truck. Not give, but you know, we'll let you use our truck and we'll brand it with the driver ambassador. Great. So I still get to give away my other truck, right? Well, then I need a trailer. And I went to Walmart. You know, They have thousands of trailers. And I said, I need a trailer. Can I get one of your used trailers? We're going to cut it up and retrofit it and put a door in it and have a hands-on learning experience in there. And they said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get you a trailer. We'll, we'll give you a brand new one. It's right off the assembly line. Here you go. Wow. <laughs> so it didn't cost me anything to get the tractor trailer. And I have a driver ambassador who's been out there. She's been out there with the tractor. Um, and we're working on getting the trailer re- retrofitted. But people are coming forward and saying, hey, we're going to give you this to put on the tractor. We want to give you this to put on the trailer. So uh, it's, it's awesome. Well, I, I told her, you know, I sent a, a comment to her, to Kelly Lynn, and I said, when you come through Dallas, you better let me know because I want to meet you. Because I think I, I love to see where she is and what she's doing. I think it's a wonderful thing. And it really does give you a different outlook about women in trucking. It really does. I mean, I think it's very inviting is what I, I like to say. It always kills me when people say, like, someone doesn't look like a truck driver. Right. And my response is, well, what, do they look what like? does a truck driver look like? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just crazy because people do have different ideas in their heads. I spoke for Women in Beer. It's a big association. And, You're kidding. Mm-hmm, yeah. And when I spoke awesome. for them, it was when the Great American Beer Festival was going on in Denver because they do that every year. Women in Beer was having their convention and I was the speaker. Of course, you have an idea of who is going to be showing up. And I need to tell you that probably... 80 to 85% of the women in beer are chemical engineers. Oh, wow. I was blown away. I mean, I learned so much about beer and about, you know, hops and barley and everything else, but I learned why they do what they do and how they do what they do. But it's the same thing about what you're doing with the ambassador and, and, you know, and, and the members of the month and all of that. It's very different. You learn from a different perspective. And that's what I love about this. I think it's awesome, awesome, awesome. Tell me, what's the best advice you would give to women in a leadership position, knowing what you know, knowing where you come from, knowing who you represent? What would you tell women in leadership? What's a message that you have for them? I I would say a couple of things. One is, you know, women often think that they need to check all the boxes and have 100% of the qualifications before they will apply for a promotion or a different job. And my response to them is, no, you don't. If you already have 100% of the qualifications, you should be applying for the job above that. 
just be very assertive and, you know, go for it. And like Cheryl Sandberg says, lean in, raise your hand, mm-hmm. um, say, I can do this. And, and the other thing that I tell women, and yesterday I just spoke at a college function. It was um, the University of Northern Iowa. And we, it's really cool when you're speaking to college students because you can give them great career advice and they're paying attention. Right, you know? right. And so one of the things I said to them was, you need to learn how to negotiate. You have to be aggressive or let's say assertive in negotiating, especially your first salary and your benefits. And also you have to tell people when you've benefited the organization. So let's say, hey, you just saved X number of dollars or you just brought in a new client or you just did this or that. It's okay to share that. It's not bragging. Mm -hmm. You need to be very upfront and visible about your accomplishments because otherwise they're not going to know. And they need to know. Yes. But if you remember, most of our moms told us, if you have to tell somebody how wonderful you are, you aren't. Right? <laughs> That's true. Right? And so, so there's that thing that comes back in your head. Well, why should I brag? And it's not really bragging. You should always have something that you can share with somebody, like an award. Well, you've got tons, but something that meant something really important to you. That's not bragging. My first boss, at, when, when I was the assistant traffic manager, and the traffic manager told me, he said, I want you to audit every freight bill and keep a spreadsheet. He said, I expect you to save double your salary every year by auditing freight bills. And I want to see it. And I thought, wow, okay. So I could actually go to them and say, look, I saved double my salary by auditing these freight bills. And, and that's, what, yeah. that's what I mean. You know? yep. and, and one other thing, Judy, that I think people really have a hard, women especially, Women are just so team-oriented and collaborative. When they get an award or they get a compliment, like getting an award, they'll say, well, I want to thank my team. I want to thank my family. I want to thank... Or getting a compliment about you know, maybe something they're wearing or hairstyle or whatever. I tell women when I'm speaking to them, when someone gives you a compliment or an award, just say, thank you. And stop talking. And stop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah it's the truth. You know, it's funny... I was at an, uh, an awards dinner and I had, I think I had just left my company and I started my own company and I'm sitting there talking to this gentleman next to me and the MC is talking about this award and he's going on and on about this award and I'm listening and I said to this gentleman, boy, that would be an award I would want to win. And they called my name <gasps> and it was for, it was, yeah, it was for character and integrity. So, oh my gosh. right. So I was so humbled because I was voted that this was going to be for me and I knew nothing about it. You know, when you think about things, when somebody says to me, tell me something great about yourself, I tell them that because it had nothing to do with me. You know, I, I didn't, you know, nominate myself. I didn't ask people to vote for me. It was something that a field of thousands of insurance agents nominated me. And so, you know, it's, it's those kind of things that you can be really proud of and you're not bragging. But as far as when you said about negotiating, I always tell my clients, charge what you're worth and don't apologize. Right. And that's how it works. Right. That's how it works. So how can our listeners connect with you? Well, they can find me at womenintrucking.org, but I'm also on LinkedIn. I have both my personal LinkedIn, Ellen Boya, B-O-I-E. And then the Women in Trucking group has our own LinkedIn group. And then we're also on Facebook and all the Twitter, Women in Trucking on Twitter. There's, I think, about 22,000 people following on Twitter. So get in there. <laughs> but real easy. I mean, womenintrucking.org, pretty simple. And you should all go and watch and see what they're doing because it really, really, really is amazing. And I just, I'm so proud of you, Ellen. Really, I am. 
Oh, you're so sweet. Thank you, Judy. Thank you. And I want to thank you for sharing the mic with me. You've got so many great things to share with people. I'm excited that we're connected and I look forward to creating more adventures with you. Awesome. Come in. Absolutely. And I want everyone to remember you are confined only by the walls you build yourself. I thank you all for listening to our discussion where we share some extraordinary guests, some ideas for your business and ways to stand out as the amazing women that you are. And make sure you stay connected with us. And remember, women want to be treated equally, not identically. Until next time, this is Selling in a Skirt with Judy Hoberman on C-Suite Radio. Like what you just heard, visit c-suiteradio.com. C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.